Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is going to be such a fun episode. I have sitting across from me my husband, Tim. If any of you have been around She Rises, long enough, you know that he is really the mastermind behind everything tech-wise. He makes sure that everything sounds good. He does not like to be in front of the mic. So it's a really big deal that he's here. He joined me uh, for an episode last year, I think it was, and that episode has been one of the most downloaded episodes. And I've been podcasting for a year and a half in March of 2022. It will be two years. And so I'm just really looking forward to having him on the show again. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. He's a little nervous, but it'll be okay. You'll have to, I don't know, leave a few comments, show him some encouragement um, in the comments. So, cause it's kind of a big deal that he's here this week. We're going to be talking about when your spouse doesn't support or maybe doesn't share your faith. How do you, how do you still stay in love? How do you still stay married? How do you live together? How do you not compromise your faith? Because the person that you love and the person that you care about and the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with just really isn't on board right now. And I say right now because you know what? That can change. And just maybe right now, your spouse just really isn't interested. And um, we're going to go there today. We are going to open up our lives a little bit. We've been married for 31 years, just this past September. And fun little fact about us, uh, even though even though initially when Tim was trying to kind of woo me, <laughs> I was... <laughs> He's over there shaking his head when he was trying to woo me. I thought, you know what? You're a really nice guy. I like you. You know, you're you're nice to hang out with. I don't understand why you are in the parking lot after my shift at the grocery store. Every time I come out, there you are. I don't know why you keep showing up every night. But, I mean, I think you're a nice guy. I just don't want to date you. Okay, so then eventually I decided, okay, I'll date you. And do you know that fun little fact, I was the one that proposed. I'm the one. Oh, whatever. <laughs> that, come on. You know it. It's true. I am the one that, that asked him to marry me. So fun little fact there. All right. So welcome to the show. Tim, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. And ignore everything you just heard. <laughs> All right, so tell us a little bit about your family. Well, I, I'm in the middle of, of my family with six kids, three girls, three boys, uh, mom and dad, dysfunction all over the place. Yeah, we we both have a lot of dysfunction in our past. And, uh, you know, I think that when you take two people who have messes and you put them underneath the same roof, it, it really can go sideways rather quickly. And so we um, we really struggled in our marriage in those first few years. I mean, let's just be honest, it was kind of rough going there for a little while. And I think that I'm going to get into this here in just a few minutes, but that really was the catalyst 
our marriage where it was and, and just how kind of hard it was and just we weren't getting along and arguing all the time um, just a lot of lot of problems but that was really the catalyst that caused me to reach out to your mom and again we're going to get into that here in a little bit because I wanted some help I needed some answers and so we're going to dive into that here in just a few minutes but Let's go back to when you were a kid and you have shared before that your exposure to church was actually riding a church bus, a local church bus that came to pick up kids on Sunday mornings. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we, you know, we, we didn't go to church as a family. I guess when I was really, really young, we did a little bit. Uh, but as we, as we grew and there was more of us and things got crazy, uh, we didn't go to church, and but there was a, a Baptist church in Albert Lee that would send a bus around and pick up kids to go to their Sunday school class and to the church. And the kicker was um, they gave Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> uh, that's probably why I'm addicted to them even now at 52 years old. I still like Tootsie Rolls, but they used to give us candy. And I'm sure uh, I don't want to talk for my mom. But it was probably nice to have most of her kids get on a bus and be gone for a couple of hours. And so, but we went for the candy. I went for the candy. I didn't, I don't remember anything about church when I went there. All I know is I rode a bus and I got candy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At that time, I guess that was the most important thing. (laughs) And so did all six of you get on that bus? No. I mean, who was still living at home when you guys were All of us. All of us were there. So... Uh, Terry might have been into an assisted living place by then, but... Okay, so stop there for people that aren't aware. So Terry is the oldest of the six. And he has Downs. And so he, uh, at at some point, I don't remember exactly when, but he uh, went to live in assisted living. And um, so I I don't remember if if he was around for the Baptist church (laughs) bus or not. But yeah, so that's that's why he, he went and, and did that. So. But I think that if he knew there was Tootsie Rolls Oh, he would have been all over it. He would have been all over it. So. Yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't know that he was missing out. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how many years do you think you did that? A couple, I don't know. You know, life happens so fast. That, and now when you're 50 and you try to look back and think back, I don't know if it was probably for one one year, you know. So it wasn't like we did it all of our childhood. So we probably got smart and thought the Tootsie Rolls weren't worth it anymore. So, <laughs> uh, I wonder if that bus is still going. Do you know? I do not believe it does. Um, yeah. What an incredible outreach, though. Yeah. Was, was yeah. the bus full? Do you remember? All I know was I had a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, All right. my, maybe my siblings can remember some of that. Okay. But well, I know the bus driver's name was Ted. Ted. Okay. <laughs> yes. Ted Herman. Okay. A little plug for Ted if he's listening somewhere. <laughs> hey, Ted. Thank you for your willingness to serve the kids. <laughs> Uh, all right. So fast forward, you know, your mom eventually accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And you started to obviously see a change in her. We all did. Yeah. You know, let's be honest. We all started to see a change in her. But if we're going to be honest and we're willing to, like I said, at the top of our time here together, we're going to pull back the shades a little bit, let you into our lives and uh, just be honest with you. And we want to do that with the heartbeat of wanting to encourage you that if you are right now, your current reality is you're the only one that is uh, a person of faith right now, that that can change. And we want to give you hope, but you would admit that you really didn't want anything to do with faith, right? Yeah, I I did not. I mean, you know, we, we heard as kids and, and Bible thumpers, if you go to church, you can't have fun and you can't listen to music and all of that stuff. And I, and I didn't want any part of that. I mean, I didn't want to give up uh, my fun, if you will. And I thought that by by going down that road, then that's what I would have to do. Mm-hmm. 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do the things. And, and as I've grown and learned and, and been saved myself and living a life of faith and all of that, I understand that there are certain things that we don't do, right? But that doesn't mean that you are stuck and bored and whatever. Um, we still have fun as Christians nowadays. So uh, I think it's just a misconception, uh, especially back then. You know, when you went to church, you were prim and proper and had to wear your little tie. And, you know, I don't want any part of that and had to listen to a bunch of rules. And uh, unfortunately, back then, you know, obviously I didn't know Christ. I didn't know the freedom that he can bring into your life. I thought it was all rules and billy clubs. So I didn't want any part of that. I think that that's still something that we hear from people that... You know, when when maybe someone is sharing the gospel, sharing their testimony or inviting people to church or talking about faith and the importance of salvation, sometimes people still have that that absolutely that filter of or that lens that they view church through that. Wow, I'm going to have to give up all this stuff. And I mean, being a Christian, that ain't no fun. Right. Right. Yeah, I think it's 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 evident out there right now that people will not come to church because of they they, they think it's all a bunch of rules and religion. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do, then you're bad. And I'm not saying that, you know, even as a Christian now that it's OK to do bad things. I'm not saying that at all. But uh, I think that there is a, a huge misconception that says God's up there with a billy club. And if you give it a chance and you read and you learn and you grow and all of that, you understand that that's not the case. So, yes, there are things that we do and do not do, but they're for the benefit of us, not to harm us. Right. Yeah. I I feel like that could be a whole separate episode. I mean, that's such a great topic right there. Jesus even talked about freedom Galatians 5.1 says it's for freedom that Christ came to set us free, but freedom isn't liberty to, you know, go and live however we want to continue living in that lifestyle. So anyway, I digress. (laughs) (laughs) You're lucky, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Okay. So as I mentioned uh, a little bit uh, earlier, that we were, you know, we were just really struggling in our early years of marriage, just a lot of arguing, not getting along, just really not happy. You know, we we were trying to do the best that we could. But like we both said, uh, we both came from a lot of dysfunction. And, you know, you carry that with you. You don't you don't just drop it after you say your vows. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything is all fine and whatever you brought into the marriage is no longer there. One blanket. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Inside joke. Okay. So (laughs) Tim, Tim, uh, what he brought into the marriage material wise was he had a, like a fuzzy blanket thing that he, that he brought in into uh, into the marriage and and then Sam our daughter she had a golden retriever when she was growing up and then the golden great dog her name was Sadie Mae and she ended up kind of taking over the blanket so we tease in this family that Tim came in with one thing that fuzzy blanket and he still ended up <laughs> without it so <laughs> all right and so I you know of course was recognizing this change in in your mom as well. I mean, like all of us, we could see that something had changed in her. We were, you and I, we were having a lot of struggles and I didn't really have anybody else in an adult type figure that I trusted to be able to reach out to and ask for help. And so your mom and dad, both of them were really those parental figures for me. They kind of moved in and filled those roles for me. And so I felt like I could trust her. And so I started, you know, kind of confiding a little bit, not a lot, but just a little bit. And her answer was always the same. And it 
drove me nuts because um, her answer was, Susan, you need to pray about it. Susan, you need to go to church. Susan, you should come to Bible study with me. And I, I would just drive me nuts because in, in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, that's fine. Maybe one day I'll, I'll think about that. I'll consider that. But right now, my marriage is in trouble, and I need an answer. I was looking for something to kind of wrap my arms around. You want her to fix me. Yes, I did. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Somebody needs to fix this guy. Yeah. 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 And so she kept saying, will you come to Bible study with me? You know, she was attending a women's Bible study that was held weekly on Tuesday mornings at nine o'clock every Tuesday morning. And she wanted me to come to this Bible study with her. And of course, I was, you know, like the queen of people pleasing. I really believe that somewhere in this world, there's a dictionary with my name as the definition of people pleaser. Uh, and so I, you know, I eventually said yes to her and I started attending this women's Bible study, you know, and you have to remember, like, this was so many years ago. I mean, this was what? 28, 29 years ago. And so back then, I mean, we're about to date ourselves here for all of you youngsters out there that maybe aren't aware that there was a life before cell phones. (laughs) But, But we had, you know, our phone, we had one phone and it was attached to the kitchen wall with a cord. So you could only go this far. We had no caller ID. We had nothing. And so when the phone rang and you went to pick it up, you hoped that it was someone that you wanted to talk to. Right. <laughs> right, right. And so she would call and, you know, I didn't have the heart to say no to her. And even though everything in me was screaming, will you stop asking me? No, I don't want to go. But of course, I well, of course, I'll go with you. Sure. And so every Tuesday morning, she'd come and pick me up to go to this Bible study. And then when she would drop me off, you know, she would say things like, oh, can I pick you up next week? And everything in me wanted to say, uh, no. <laughs> and, but I, you know, I didn't. I, I kept going. And eventually... I gave my heart to the Lord. Uh, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, and I started attending this women's Bible study. And that's really where I think I was discipled, was sitting around that table with those 12 to 14 women that were so much older than me. I mean, I was the young one there. These are women that were, you know, they were empty nesters. They had grandchildren. They were you know, I mean, Mm. up there in their age, they were probably what, 50s, 60s, maybe even pushing 70. Yeah. So what did you think? What were your honest thoughts when you realized that I had decided that I'm going to live a life of faith? Uh, Yeah, you know, it's, it, (laughs) it has been a lot of years ago. But I think that in a nutshell, here we go. That's probably what my, my, my thought was just because I didn't go to church, I didn't understand, and I wanted no part of it. And I even at times would spite mom, you know, when she would bring stuff up just to try and get her off my back. And uh, so I assumed at that time that um, you were going to become my mom. And, and I and, tried to. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, you did. And, and, some subtle ways and some not so subtle ways. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to, let's just be honest here. Yeah. I remember though times when we would be at your mom and dad's house and your mom just in a good heartedness, you know, would share a little something that maybe she had learned from the Bible or at church, or she really enjoyed listening to Charles Stanley. He was really an, um, just a huge influence in her faith. You know, when she was first starting out, read a lot of his books and listened to a lot of his sermons. And I remember times where you would say to me, you would get up off the couch and you would look at me and you would say, get your coat, we're leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want... I didn't want any part of it and love my mom. And I'm, I'm so glad that uh, she got to you. Uh, otherwise, who knows where we would be. But I, I didn't want to listen to it. And so that was my way to deal with it is to leave or and occasionally spout off. 
or ashamed to say it now, but truth be told, you know, there was times I even swore just because I knew it was going to bother her. And I don't want to listen to her religion, if you will. It's kind of embarrassing nowadays to think back of that, but I didn't want to disrespect, but I didn't want to listen to it either. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I think that there's such a, a misunderstanding. It's, so, I mean, I was the, the one that came to faith first. So let's talk about it from the wife point of view. And I, I, you and I both know plenty of couples where, you know, the husband came to faith first and then the wife followed afterwards. So we're definitely not saying that wives are better than husbands. I mean, definitely. <laughs> so definitely not saying that, but just from our own example uh, and, you know, just other, other conversations I've had, Oftentimes, us as women, we think we are going to change our husbands and we we kind of kick into this this gear of I'm going to fix him. I'm going to change him. I'm going to win him over. And that is exactly what I did. I mean, I I was I was so I, I think that my heart was in the right place. I mean, looking back, my heart was in the right place. I had experienced so much change in my heart and I had so much joy and so much peace. And the Lord was really beginning to just work in my heart with some things that I had went through in my past. And so my heart was in the right place. I wanted you to experience that and understanding the power of a married couple sharing the faith and then raising your children and just having a household of faith. I understood that. And I wanted that. I wanted us to pray together. I wanted us to go to church together, share our faith together and be in unison and even how we were raising Sam. And so my heart was in the right place, but my approach was, mm, yeah, not so good because what I did was I, I thought that uh, I'm going to, you know, I, I thought about all these different things. I'm going to write out scripture passages and I, you know, little pieces of scratch paper, I'd fold them up and I'd put them in your lunch bags because I thought, you know, sitting in the break room, like the clouds were going to part and the angels were going to sing over you and you'd come home this changed man. Or when I found out that that didn't work, I thought, for sure, if I leave the Bible open on the bathroom countertop while you're getting ready, I mean, you're going to go in one way in the bathroom and you're going to come out changed and that's going to be it. Well, that didn't work. And then, I mean, I even tried, you know, kind of cramming it down, down your throat and telling you how bad you were. And, you know, like you're going to go to hell and you need to change and that's wrong and your behavior is wrong. And none of those things worked. And so my question to you is, like, how did that make you feel? What were you thinking when I was, you know, did you feel like I was trying to cram it down oh, your sure. throat? Of course, certainly. Nobody, and, and maybe there is somebody out there, I don't know, but nobody wants to be told what to do, how to live, especially in in something that they didn't understand, right? So, I didn't want to be told I have to do this or that because that's exactly what religion to me was, right? It's a bunch of rules that I had to follow. And if I don't follow them, then I'm bad. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't want to be told what to do. And, and you know, in in hindsight, looking back, Jesus never did that to anybody. Yeah, come he on. He shared. He shared the good news. He didn't cram or demand. I mean, he called things out, obviously, but he didn't cram. He gave everybody the choice, you know? And so that is, I think, what people today, you and I or others, you can present and, and people will make a choice but you can't tell them what to do. So, you know, if we're going off on a little tangent, if we're to be little Christs because we're Christians, then the last thing we we do is cram it down people's throats, right? You will win more people with honey than 
the other. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to listen to it. And I felt like you were, you were judge and jury. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's yeah. Mm -hmm. And not quite executioner. Although some days I probably <laughs> felt like it. I'm still on the north side of Sod, so I don't think you executed me. But regardless, yeah, nobody wants to be told. I didn't want to be told what I had to do. And, you know, everybody is themselves, right? And I can't be what you want me to be. I can only be me. And hopefully, you know, over the years things have changed in our lives that we can accept who we are even today even today i can't be who you want me to be i can only be who i am and i can only change by the power of of god and the holy spirit convicting me mm -hmm. you can't change me you know and and you know that now and i know that you know that now <laughs> <laughs> aren't you glad that i finally understood that yeah i mean i i can honestly say sitting here uh, after 31 years of marriage, if you hadn't, we wouldn't be married. You know, I can't, I can't tell you what would have happened, but I know that if you hadn't, if, if God hadn't got a hold of your heart and said, you let me do the changing, right, then I don't think we'd be together. I think we'd be visiting grandchildren separately. Mm -hmm. So, and that, I'm glad we're not. I mean, I'm I'm glad that that things changed and I'm glad at some point you put me on the altar, as you said, years ago and uh, let God do what God does and you just do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So, and so if, that, if you're out there listening and you know, it, it's tough, I'm sure because uh, I lived with Susan. So, and over the years I've learned what it was like for you to have to be married to somebody who didn't share. Uh, the same faith, but um, cramming it down and demanding who demands your own way and who likes that. Mm -hmm. So, I want to circle back to a couple points that you made. Of course, you do. <laughs> uh, one that you had pointed out such a powerful truth to understand, uh, and not just in, in regard to someone's salvation, but just really anything that Jesus modeled in his earthly ministry, he invited people. Mm -hmm. He presented and gave people an opportunity to respond, but we don't see him strong arming or right. manipulating people. And it's so important for us to understand that God created all of us with a free will. And of course, God wants us to exercise that free will to receive him and say yes to him and to all the things that he um, wants to give to us, but he's not going to force us because I think that that's really the heart of God, that if we're going to enter into relationship with him, he wants it to be something that we want. Of course, he wants it, but he wants it to be something that we want also because who wants to be in a forced relationship? Well, yeah, that's, I was just, just thinking as you were saying that, that if God is love, right? I mean, I mean, that essentially is what he is. Then what is forced love? Yeah. He's not going to do it. And, and I think, you know, back years ago, obviously when you were forcing, I mean, in, in a literal sense to try and change me, Right? That wasn't loving. So um, you maybe thought it was and you didn't know any better. So, but, you know, that, that's not how you win people. Yeah. I think that uh, another, another point that I wanted to circle back to that you made um, was you had said that I was trying to convict you. And it's, that's the other thing that I want to make sure that is really effectively communicated in this episode is that is the Holy Spirit's job. Right. I am not the Holy Spirit. You're not the Holy Spirit. None of us can be the Holy Spirit in someone else's life. Tim and I have led a lot of uh, marriage classes, taught a lot of 
uh, marriage retreats and classes over the years, and we have used the Love and Respect curriculum by Dr. Emerson. I hear it. It is. <laughs> yes, thank you. And uh, one of the things that he says is there's no vacancy in the Trinity. Yeah. You know, and, and so if you think about that, it's like, you know, God doesn't need our help. The Holy Spirit doesn't need our help. There's no, you know, help wanted sign in in heaven. And he's hoping that we apply so that we can be and bring the conviction to our spouse. And that's exactly what I was trying to do. Sure. I didn't understand it, but... Yeah, I mean, that's totally what I was trying to do. I understood it later, and we're going to get to that here in a few minutes, but yeah, totally. And so do you feel like looking back when I was just, you know, just cramming and cramming and coming at you and coming at you, did you feel like because I was, it felt so forced on you. Did you feel like that just made you want to dig your heels in more? Well, exactly. Brick and mortar, man. I built a wall. And every time you said something, I didn't hear you. Mm-hmm. Wasn't because I couldn't hear you, but because I could, but I wasn't listening. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> a big difference. So, yeah. Yeah. When, you know, you're not going to, a majority of people are not going to listen to something when when you're berated with it. Mm-hmm. And so did you ever feel I was disrespectful at times in my approach? I know that we've kind of, we've started to touch on that. And so, and if so, how, like give some examples. And I, the reason I want to open that up is because sometimes in our good intention, ladies, sometimes we don't always understand when we're being disrespectful. Okay. So case in point here, when I began to understand that my mouth was being very, very disrespectful, and I'm going to let you share a little bit about that here in just a, in just a few seconds here. I remember times where I was trying to, or I was doing the dishes, you know, kind of leaned over the kitchen sink and you would do something. And I knew that I couldn't turn around and spout off, but I rolled my eyes. And I remember, (laughs) I remember the Lord saying to me, I see you rolling your eyes, you know? (laughs) And so I just, I felt like, oh, the Lord is just being, you know, well, the Holy Spirit convicting me, you know, it's like your attitude is so disrespectful towards your husband. And I don't like that. And that needs to change. So how, um, give a few examples of, of how you felt disrespected. Well, I think that really in, in, in totality that during that whole time, I don't know that I really understood at the time I was being disrespected. I think that I just didn't like it. So I didn't listen. And so I think back then, I don't know if I would have, I mean, if if we were back then right now, I wouldn't say you're disrespecting me because I don't think that I fully understood. I just think that you were berating me and I just stonewalled you. And so I, I don't know. I mean, there were things like, as you just said, that were disrespectful acts, but I don't know at the time that I really understood that they were. Sure. Uh, And so, you know, I just think that I wasn't listening. So I tuned you out, if you will, and uh, just didn't didn't hear. And I'm sure back then by, by acting like that, by acting like I'm not listening, probably was my, my way to get back at you, like knock it off. Because I knew that you wanted me to hear and you wanted to see something change or you wanted me to do this or that. So in a way, I probably was acting out just like I did with my mom. Maybe I just didn't swear. (laughs) And because we lived in the same house, maybe it was silence was more of the vehicle I used, maybe. So, But I I don't think that back then I, I totally understood that it was disrespect. Sure. So, you know, we've already established that when we got married, we were already a couple of messes put together. Mm -hmm. So we already had that 
that was already in play. And that might be some of the reason why back then I maybe not didn't understand that it was disrespect because of the childhood that I had, the childhood that you had. It was kind of like normal. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. You we know? didn't know anything else. Neither one of us. Yeah. So. Um, so, but I wanted to ask, even though we already had that kind of against us, really kind of, you know, coming against us, do you feel like my just constantly coming at you, do you feel like that was putting an even deeper wedge between us? Oh, certainly, certainly, because it, it caused me, as I said a few minutes ago, to be silent and Silence is, it's a weapon. I mean, it can be. It's a message. So, um, yeah. So the more silent I was, the more you probably tried to talk. (laughs) Well. Nothing's changed. (laughs) (laughs) I, I do remember when I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. I remember feeling just such a kind of a like two different extremes I would become incredibly frustrated and even though both extremes they uh, were projected through anger it came out as anger so the one one extreme was I would either get incredibly frustrated with you or the other extreme was I would be incredibly hurt Mm -hmm. but both of them were projected towards you with anger it came out as anger sure because you know then i mean my mouth if we're going to be honest i mean maybe that's a whole nother episode my mouth has gotten me into a lot of trouble over the years i didn't say nothing (laughs) uh and so you know so we already kind of have you know this wedge it's just constantly getting you know kind of deeper and i i think that some of the some of the hurt stemmed from you know, you would say, I'll go to church with you on Sunday. Yeah, I'll go next Sunday. And then, you know, so all week long, I would be so looking forward to Sunday and I would be so built up and so excited. And, you know, I've probably shared with the Bible study group, you know, Tim's going to come to church with me and, you know, just all excited. God is answering my prayers and, you know, I mean, just wonderful. And then, Sunday morning would roll around and you would come up with an excuse and not go to church with me. And so uh, for three years, I lived with that. And for three years, I dressed Samantha, our daughter, in her Sunday best and put her in the car and we drove off to church, just the two of us. And so I think that I think that that was some of the hurt because I was, I was so looking forward to it. And then just this huge letdown. But would you say that, that sometimes you gave me those kinds of responses to just get you off your back? To get you off my back. Yeah. Not get me off my back, but to get you off my back. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. You know, looking back, you know, whatever, it's, it's all water under the bridge. We've, we've been through all that, but Looking back, that was that was me being unloving, right? By giving you a false yes or or whatever. So, but it was also me kind of getting back at you, like get off my back, you know. So I think there was probably some of both in there. What would you say is the typical response to wives when husbands feel disrespected? Well, I. I it's, I, I would think that typical is silence or stonewalling. Okay, so stop right there because there might be listeners that maybe that's a new term. So explain what stonewalling is. Well, you, stonewalling is, you know, the lawn needs to be mowed, right? You know, it needs to be mowed, but you don't need your wife to tell you it needs to be mowed, right? And so when she does, you hear her, but you act like you don't hear her. And so, you know, you, you know, and you see, but you don't respond. So that's kind of the, the stonewalling thing. Um, you know, maybe you clench your fists inside your pants pockets <laughs> <laughs> and uh, under your breast, say, go mow it yourself. But, uh, you know, so that's stonewalling. Just, um, you know, 
being a wall of stone, I guess yeah. is a good way to put it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And okay. So eventually, or it's volatile that, you know, there can also, it can also flare up, which I don't know a lot in our marriage that it ever flared up too much to that point where you, or somebody just gets sick of it and then they just blow up. Right. So I know on, for us, usually if for me, it was stonewalling. So which just fueled more you, things. Right. You want I mean, me to, yeah. can you, so listeners, can you just see this cycle? I mean, just going around and around and around. So I felt so unloved. You felt disrespected. I mean, it was just round and around and around. Just, I mean, it was crazy town right there at our house. So eventually I, I realized and, you know, just through a lot of prayer and really this Bible study where I said I was being discipled and I, you know, going to church, uh, growing in my faith and understanding how to witness effectively and how to really essentially love and respect your spouse right where they're at, right where they're at, really beginning to have my eyes open to that. And I realized that I am not the Holy Spirit and I cannot change you and that you, God, have not asked me to do that. I misunderstood and thought that that was my responsibility. So after I repented of that, I went into our church that I, that uh, Sam and I was attending and they had just this little Lutheran church and they had, you know, altar uh, up, up front where you knelt to take communion. And I went in one day during the week, knelt down at that altar with a box of Kleenex and I, I repented and I said, Lord, he is yours and only you can change him. And I said out of my mouth, I leave him here at this altar and give me the strength to not pick this back up again, but to leave this at your feet and believe that you are going to change that him, that you are going to intervene and you are going to, you know, do something here. Okay. So it's important to note that I said that prayer, but when I went home that day and then you came home from work, nothing had changed. And so the next day, nothing changed. The week after that, nothing changed. And so I want to make that point that, yes, say the prayer and, you know, leave your, your spouse or maybe even your, you know, you're thinking about as you're listening to this episode, you're thinking about your son or your daughter or a loved one or of some kind, maybe not even someone that you're married to, mm-hmm. but that you're really just, man, I wish they'd give their heart to you, Lord, lay them down, lay it down lay them down at the feet of Jesus. And I want to encourage you that even if you don't see a change right away, to not give up. God loves that person that you are really just standing, contending for their salvation. He actually loves that person more than you ever could. And I know that in our humanness, that is so hard to understand, but he does. And when Jesus went to the cross, he saw that loved one with an eternal eye, just like he saw you. And so many times I remember I would, you know, <laughs> I'm like a, a box of of uh, different ideas. I'm always coming up with an idea. I always have a plan, you know. And so I would think of, oh, but I haven't tried this. And I bet if I do this, this will win him over. And, you know, I I just I am so grateful for the the conviction and the prompting of the Holy Spirit in my life all those years ago to say Susan leave him at the feet of Christ. We are at work. We're at work in him. And I want to encourage you with that as well that even if you can't see change right now in that loved one, believe by faith that 
the Lord is at work in that person, even if you can't see it, even if their language hasn't changed, even if their behavior hasn't changed, even in, even if their responses to you or their treatment to you isn't, isn't changing, believe by faith that that the Lord is at work in them. And so, you know, eventually, you know, I just kept, you know, laying him down and, and laying it down and, you know, continually to, to let it go and draw upon the strength of, of the Lord. And I, you know, I felt supported by my Bible study group. And so that's important to have people around you. That's one thing I would say to you is if you are, if you are living with someone that doesn't share your faith, of course, love them where they're at, respect them, but to for yourself and your own encouragement, it's really important to have support and like-minded people around you that will share your faith and pray with you, believe with you, because I'm not sure that I would have been able to stick with it uh, had I not had that Bible study group. So that was really important. And the, the interesting thing. So all of these, all of these Sundays, you know, I finally just stopped asking. I just stopped asking because I couldn't bear the disappointment anymore. And so I just stopped asking, would you go to church with me? And it just gutted me. It gutted me every Sunday when Sam and I would pull out of the driveway and drive to church, you know, shedding some tears and, oh, it just gutted me. But I had to believe that the Lord was at work in you. And, and so I remember praying, Lord, you know how to get him to church. And what happened, I don't know if you remember, but what happened is the usher team at the church, they were short volunteers on one Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so the head usher called you and said, and asked you if you would, you know, come to church and volunteer to be an usher that Sunday. Do you remember that? I don't, I don't remember it, but but I can tell you that if, uh, if you hadn't, uh, as you said, laid me at the altar and you hadn't just loved me for who I was, and you would would have kept barraging me with all, I probably would have said no anyway yeah. at that point. But I think the fact that you, um, if, if I can say it this way, you left me alone <laughs> right, for a little while. Uh, I think that, that obviously, the, I think the Lord was just working. But in, in hindsight, if, if you hadn't, have, I probably wouldn't have been, I probably would have said no. Yeah. I'm busy. Yeah. And so you, you said yes. And then from there, that was what it took that God used and worked through someone else. So I was, you know, of course I was praying, but he worked through someone else. And from there, that's what started you attending church. So I want to ask when, when I stopped asking you and talking to you about faith and, you know, stopped with the Bible verses and all the things, could you see a difference? Like something, something had changed. Were were you wondering, she isn't saying anything anymore. Like, well, I, I think, don't know. I think in the, in the onset, I was probably relieved. <laughs> <laughs> right. Two confessions right here. <laughs> but I also think that because you had a change in actions and attitude, I believe that that's what ushered in, if you will, my mind, emotion, psyche to actually even think something. Uh, so I think that, yeah, I think that uh, I started to see, I'm sure at first it was like, you know, whew, you know, I'm, I'm sick of listening to it, so I'm glad she's not talking about it. But at the same time, I think that that there was some underlying work that was being done on the inside of me, and I didn't even know it. Sure. Uh, and and I, but I think that's that's how it's supposed to be. It, you're drawn to Christ. You're drawn to your faith. You're not, you know you're not beat over the head with it. You're not going to get there. You can lead a horse to water. I'm not calling myself a horse, but, but you can't make them drink. Right. And so I think that, 
you know, I, I think over time, I think that I seen a, a difference in your actions and your attitude. And that probably let my guard down a little bit to receive, you know, and, and to say yes to a usher call or whatever it was. So, yeah, I think that I, I probably, again, repeating myself, but I probably was relieved at first. And and then maybe even was wondering why. Why is she leaving me alone all the you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So but but I also know if you hadn't I don't know how it would have ended. I don't yeah. know how or you know, whatever. So what advice would you give to someone whose spouse or like I maybe even suggested, maybe it's not a spouse, maybe it's a a a a prodigal child that you're just, you know, really believing that for salvation. Um, so can we just maybe even say a loved one? Yeah. I mean, let's just even go there. Maybe it's not a spouse, maybe together with your spouse, you're believing for a loved one. What advice would you give to someone who isn't sharing their same faith? I think the the biggest thing is love people, whoever they are, where they're at. Doesn't mean that you approve of their choices, their lifestyles, or anything like that, but love them, but also, as you did for many years, pray for them, right? And ask God to do what only he can do, right? And so I think that's just a big thing. Acknowledge and love them. You got to love them where they're at, because if you don't, now you're, from their standpoint, you're passing judgment on them. And I think that that is where a lot of people get hung up on the church is they feel like the church is going to pass judgment on me because I do this or I don't do that or whatever it is. So I I think love them where they're at and and pray for them in the background, Mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it's important to also say that we, we don't want anybody to, misunderstand what we're saying that it's not like you're condoning sin right either you know but it's it's not you know kind of pointing your finger all the time right at them and accusing them and constantly pointing out their faults and how horrible their lifestyle is i think that there's a there's there's a, a way to be able to share one's faith to share the truth of the gospel. I don't know. Like, I, I think that, I think that God, you know, he is the creator. He's the author and the creator of creativity. And so I think that he will give you creative ways, a person creative ways to be able to have an inroad, to be able to share your faith, to be able to share something that doesn't come across as, you know, I'm trying to shove this down your throat. Yeah. And be okay if it's not you. Yeah. Come on. That's good. I mean, where would we be if, if I don't even remember who the head usher was at the little Lutheran church, but where would we be if that dude one didn't call me? Yeah. Right. Who knows? So yeah. it doesn't have to be you. Be joyful that somebody, you know. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I think for me, uh, for someone that that you are the person of, of faith and you're believing for your spouse, uh, you know, I remember when the Lord, uh, you know, just as I was beginning to understand the importance of letting him go, let it go. It's not that I'm giving up on him. That I think that that's important too, because I, I remember feeling like, but if I, if I'm not talking to him about this, I feel like I'm giving up on you. And that was not the case at all. It was a letting go so that God could do what only he could do. It's kind of like I was in the way really, but he led, (laughs) he led me to first Peter chapter three and verse one. And I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially what it says is to you know, love and, and respect your spouse, even when he doesn't obey the word. 
even when he doesn't obey the word. And I point that out because, of course, you weren't a person of faith, and so you weren't obeying the word. But even, even after, even after you came to faith in Christ, and we, you know, of course, I was a little bit further along, and so, you know, in my immature self, uh, I, you know, I was kind of like chop chop. How come you're not, you know, where I am? You know, so proud and so self righteous of me, you know, like, come on, like, you know, you got ground to make up here. And so I think that to also remember to always keep in mind that, again, like I said earlier, you're not the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and allow them to take ownership of their faith. You're not responsible for them. You're not responsible for their faith. It's their faith. When I stand before the Lord, God isn't going to ask me how, how well I did in winning you over. Mm. He's not going to ask me about your faith. He's not going to hold me accountable for your faith. He's going to hold me accountable for mine. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just think that that's really important, you know, to understand that even as, even as your spouse or your loved one is, you know, growing in their faith and they're not quite fully obeying the word, to just continue to pray, to extend grace to them, to help them be there if they have questions, and just really to continue to champion them forward and to remember that you once were where they were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're just starting to learn and to understand and wrap yourself around faith and what does this look like? And reading my Bible is a whole new concept. Right. Well, you guys, thank you so much for uh, joining us for this episode. I feel like there's so much more we we could cover uh, just different things in in Tim's journey of, you know, just even a time where he had uh, where he rededicated himself to the Lord. And wow, I remember I remember that service. We were at a church service, Sunday night service prayer service in Owatonna at a little church. And boy, I want to say that Lester Summerall was the teacher there that night and they had an altar call. And one of the, one of the prayer team members was Tim Backley Mm -hmm. and you connected with him. And of course your family growing up, you knew the Backleys. And so you felt comfortable and safe with him and he just helped you to, you know, kind of come back and talk to you through some things. And so he was really a, played a pivotal role in your faith. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Let us know if this was an encouragement to you. Uh, and let us know if you maybe want Tim to join us in, in future episodes. He's over there looking at me, shaking his head right now, hoping that nobody says that. <laughs> So anyway, he really does have so much to offer and I just love him dearly. So grateful. We are at, we um, are happily married. We yeah. want to say we're, yes, we are. we're happily married and we laugh a lot about things that we've, we've come through in the, in the past. And we really believe that, you know, what we've gone through can be a teachable moment for other people and a help and encouragement to someone else. So anyway, we love you guys and we believe in you. We're championing you forward and uh, just know that the Lord is, is for you. Uh, he, sees that loved one that you are believing for and he is at work in their lives so be encouraged this week and know that that they're going to come to faith we we're just believing with you together tim and i and uh, so have a great rest of your week and we will catch you next time same place and same time well i hope that that was a blessing in your life i'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them, and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. 
And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.